From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Grace Church Nash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now here's Lyndall Cooler with this week's message. Luke 12, 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is, and he describes it, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Nothing covered. What we're watching in our nation right now is unveiling. You're watching the ungodly come out of the closet and say exactly what they think. You're watching our politicians be uncovered. You're watching people that you formerly would have believed were upright. And you're starting to see the shady underbelly of what they've been up to. Things are in the mode of being uncovered. They are being revealed. I believe we're stepping into a time where things are going to be even more revealed and unveiled. Some of the agendas that you thought were benign and unimportant are about to reveal themselves with teeth, fangs, and claws, and you're going to be shocked that it started in such a benign way. It was not that big a deal, or you thought it wasn't. But you're about to see how these things will be turned toward persecution of the church of America. We are moving into a time where will the real church please stand up and all of the fakers and, and imposters are going to be unveiled. We're about to rip off the sheep's clothing and see who the wolves really are. The word revelation simply means to uncover. The scriptures, I believe, are complete and perfect. So be careful when someone is always trying to dissect things in such a fantastic way of a new revelation or understanding that has no bearing on what you've believed for years or what the saints have taught for years. Although I do believe mysteries are going to be unfolded, but I don't believe it will ever be in conflict with what the Bible has taught for years. It will complement it and grow it. It will never replace it. The Bible says what it means and means what it says. However, I don't know about you, but I'm always in a mode of revelation. As we study the scripture, we meditate on it. Something we have read for years was always there. Now it's uncovered. And we have deeper understanding of the text. The evil. Man, are you watching almost daily? A shooting somewhere? I don't know if the guy meant it or if he fell asleep, but running over those police cadets, all this stuff, it seems like everywhere stuff is happening. And what isn't happening is being imagined and perpetrated by the media to create fear. Now, I thought we were supposed to be out of diesel by now. 
but we still have it. The wicked agendas are coming to light. Here's the key for the believer. Do not be hypnotized by the media. So you can't see or even notice what's happening. The Bible says the Lord has given me an instructed tongue. We are not those groping in darkness unless... This is eating all your time. Let's just make it clear. TikTok is owned by China. China is the enemy of America. They are hypnotizing our youth with TikTok. And our children think we're just old. And going, son, you shouldn't be on TikTok. You shouldn't even be on your... Oh, Papa, it's just silly videos. It's hypnotizing. It's mesmerizing. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because you'd be embarrassed. How many of you pick this up? Don't raise your hand, please. (laughs) When you wake up in the morning, before you roll over and kiss your spouse, good morning. Before you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. You got to get on here and see what people who don't care about you and you have no connection to might have posted. You are sucked in and hypnotized. You are anesthetized and you are the possession of this. You don't own it. It owns you. And you know it's true. Your prayer life is zero. How do you know that? Because the nation would be different if you were praying. Right? So listen to this. Satan works to get you into a place of coldness. See, there are... <clears throat> the Bible teaches us over and over. Paul says it. Be alert. Be on your guard. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Wake up. Don't slumber. Jesus said, don't slumber. Wake up. Shake yourself. As an eagle stirs her nest, so God stirs his people to watch and pray. I mean, it's all through the word. But the way Satan gets you into a place of coldness and indifference is to slowly get you to compromise your standards and beliefs that when, so that when he unveils the most wicked thing, it seems totally normal and at least tolerable. If you are doing things in your private life that five years ago you would never do, you are already compromised. If you're doing things because your children think you're square if you don't do them and you've compromised your beliefs to capitulate to your children who are not raised in the house of the Lord, you're already compromised. If your professor at school has convinced you that that hard-headed fundamentalism that you grew up with is just too harsh... And now you're practicing personal things that you would never have practiced before. You're already compromised. 
I remember back in the 90s when Bill Clinton was presidency, and I'm not going to get political, but there was a scandal that arose with a young lady named Monica Lewinsky. And when it was unveiled, I was really shocked at how little uproar in the government and in the business sector there really was. There was very little. I mean, it was on the news media for a minute, but nothing ever got really worked up about it. Did you ever wonder why? I believe the reason is that a bunch of men in our nation were doing similar things. And they were already compromised. And so when they saw what Bill Clinton was doing, it didn't even bother them. They were go, they're going, oh, well, yeah, you know, everybody's got to have something on the side. You see, when you compromise, you're less likely to notice those who compromise. You don't want to be around people who are living holy and godly because you're not. Because their dedication spotlights your lack of it. You want to find a church where the preacher would never preach this sermon. Because you can feel better about your lukewarmness. You want to find a church that accepts everything and has left the scriptural teaching of the apostles. Because it fits your lifestyle better. Well, let me help you out real quick. Jesus is not coming after people who have compromised to fit in with people who have compromised. Jesus is coming after a church, a bride, and not just any bride. She can't be sleeping with everybody on the block. She can't be in love with this more than him. He ain't coming after that. He's not coming after a bride who slept through every sermon. He's not coming after a bride who is so caught up in their ministry that they want to do their ministry no matter what. He's coming after a bride who looked down and said, you know what? I got a spot right here. Oh, Jesus, cleanse this and let's get this ready. I got to get oil in my lamp. I need more of the Holy Spirit than I had 30 years ago when I got the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? The, br- the bridegroom is, I see him coming and my dress, I got to get ready. I mean, I got to be, and I got to be looking. I need to be looking. He's not coming for church attenders. He's not coming for seminarians. He's not coming for people who have gone to church 40 years. He's coming for people who are expecting him today as if he were coming today. I remember as a young boy, we had preachers that were men of God. They're getting harder to find. That wouldn't back down, preach it like it was. One of my favorites was Dave Wilkerson. When he went to be with the Lord, I said, can we all go now? There was a time I didn't like old Dave because he preached against rock and roll music in the church. Now we have pasted tight blue jeans of worship leaders who are shaking their behinds on the stage and calling it worship. And it's a rock show. There's not a tear coming down that face. There's not one sign of holiness anywhere near it. And I guess that's just the product of what happens when you compromise. But I didn't like old Dave, man. He pre- Remember that, Larry? He, he made all everybody in CCM mad. 
We were all mad. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Oh, it's terrible. And I was like, dude, come on. Do you have to be so mean? Can you calm down? Just, just, you know, it's okay. Let people be who they are. But you know what? There's something different about when we worship the Lord. This is not a rock show. This is not a time to display talent. This is not a time to prance across the stage like we're performers. It's a time to abandon what we think is comfortable and worship the king. It's a time to fall on our face and weep before him and dance before him. And that's what worship is, right? When I was, uh, when I was young, these preachers would come preach. There was one named Brother Smith. I always dreaded when he came. Because I was a teenager and I wasn't exactly living it. And he'd, my daddy would pick him up for lunch every, every day during the revival. And Brother Smith would cry. He'd start talking about Jesus. He'd start bawling. And I'd be in the back seat and he'd start that crying. And something would move in that car that would make the hair on my arms stand straight up. And I never knew what was coming out of his mouth when that happened. Because I saw him read a few people's mail. And I was thinking, oh, Jesus, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Lord, please just let him look some other place, Lord. Just cover me with the blood right now. I don't want to just. I, I, sad to say, I got right with God every time he came to preach. And it wasn't the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's because he was a man of God and he walked with God and he prayed like crazy. He'd go up and spend three days on the mountain talking to God. And when he'd come down, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, oh, God. (laughs) Jesus said, what's dark is going to be brought to light. You know, when I'm full of the world, I don't hunger for God. I've lived for God long enough to live through those times where I wasn't really hungry. I'm going to probably slip into the day residence during the holidays. And I think it's time I probably just went ahead and tasted green bean casserole. (laughs) How many of you eat stuff now that you wouldn't have eaten when you were a kid? Really? Yeah, me too. You know, I was eating beets the other day on cottage cheese and somebody was saying, oh, my Lord. I said, have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it. Oh, it's good. You put a little cottage cheese, you get some good pickled beets, pour a little olive oil and put some hemp hearts on it. It's really good. It don't look good, but it's really good. Looks like something bled to death in it. <laughs> it does. It's all red. <laughs> oh, But I remember when my mother used to eat beets, I'd say, oh, those are nasty. They taste like dirt. Until I got older and then I tried them. And I got good ones. And I went, they really are good. Have you ever tasted something and went, man, I didn't think I'd like that, but that really tastes good. I take a lot of people uh, to uh, Indian restaurants for their first time. And I'm always surprised at how much they like curry. But they always say they don't because they've never tasted it. Well, there's a scripture in Psalm 38. I'm almost finished. Y'all don't have to leave. I'm I'm about done. Psalm 38, 
Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. If you will begin to discipline yourself to read and hear the scripture and godly teachers, you'll develop a hunger for more of it. If you constantly feed your emotions with TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that sort of thing, that's what you'll crave. But if you neglect your spirit and feed your flesh, then you'll be asleep. And the devil wants you snoozing with your pillow and your cell phone so that you're no threat to him. And he can do exactly what he wants to do with your children, your family, your nation, your finances, your church. Because he can come in and steal from you and you're asleep and he loves it. But when you get awake. Uh, Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, the, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. And do not, and look at this, so that you, look at that, who? Oh, somebody wake up, y'all are asleep. I'm going to get up. Read that with me, that last line. So that heath, so that heath. So that Anita, so that Adam doesn't, no, so that you, you don't pass this over to someone else. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Somebody here, I'm about to preach. I'm going to give you 10 minutes of the best I got. Here it comes. They are opposite one another. They are at war with one another. Why are you trying to get your flesh and spirit to walk in harmony? They are never going to. It says they are contrary. But if you're not, if you're asleep with your phone, they're not. You're caught up in the flesh, the lust of the flesh. You're looking at pornography. You're looking at stuff you shouldn't look at. You're feeding that flesh. But if you're walking in the spirit of God, your flesh is always going to hate the fact that you're walking in it. Oh, I'm just so supernatural. No, 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 no. Your flesh is going to always hate it. It says it right here. I'm not making it up. And why? They are contrary to one another. So, what's the fruit of that contrariness? So you don't do the things that you wish. When you feed your flesh all week, your spirit man is so exhausted and emaciated and weak that when you come to worship on Sunday and the spirit of God comes in this room like he does, you feel more guilty than empowered because your flesh is alive. Let me tell you, there are preachers and gospel singers that all over this nation that don't get worship at all. Why? Flesh. I'm going to say something ugly. There are ministers that they use the spirit of God to empower their gift so they can operate in their gift. See, I have a very unique approach to this. I think God is not confused. And I think when the people of God come together, the first order of business should be thanksgiving worship, and ministering to his heart. I think that's probably first. 
And let's gag and bind all these ministers and put them on the front row and say, shut up until we have satisfied the heart of God. And once we have satisfied the heart of God and worshiped in spirit and truth and the glory is here, now it's your turn. Now go pray for people. That was what was unique about Brownsville Revival. It was the first time I ever worked with a minister, John Kilpatrick and Steve Hill, in my life that wasn't just looking. You ever talk to somebody where you know they ain't listening to you, they're just waiting for you to have a pause so they can say something? That's the way a lot of ministers are. I'm preaching to ministers right now. You need to hear this. Your ministry ain't no big deal. I mean, God could have used a jackass. That's a donkey. The Bible calls it that. I mean, he's using the jawbone of a donkey, right? I mean, who do you think you are, big dog? You're not so special. You're the servant of all. Let the king receive what's due him. Then minister to the people. Because you're always going to have people to minister to. But when the glory comes, you praise him till the worship comes. You worship till the glory comes. When the glory comes, you stand in the glory. And you just say, here I am, Father. You're so beautiful. And exhaust that really good. And then we'll minister to people. I remember as a boy in church, I saw this first when I was 12 years old. I grew up in Pentecostal. Man, we ran and jumped and everything else. And man, on Sunday night, we'd get in there and have a good time. And in about 35, 45 minutes, we'd gotten our good. And we would, we, and here's what, here was the talk at the barbecue restaurant. Boy, it was a good service tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Didn't have any preaching. Like it was wonderful. And one night I was preaching, I was playing the drums and I noticed the Lord said, watch the people. And I said, okay, Lord. I mean, they were having a good time. The minute they were finished, they were looking at their watch. But boy, it's good. We had a good time. We cried a little bit. We feel better. Let's go on home. You know what the Lord said to a 12-year-old boy playing the drums? This is where it all started, Larry. He said, oh, I wish they knew that that exuberance and that spirit that they feel was not meant for them to just consume and go home. But it was to induce them into the secret place to come closer. I want to bring them into the closer place. You see, we got a father who wants to be with us. And there's plenty of time for ministry. Yeah, I'm a minister. I love praying for people. I love operating in the gifts that God's given me. But I learned something, and I watched it in Brown's Revival. Steve Hill, John Kilpatrick, I never had to worry they were going to steal the mic from me. When the glory would come, I was trying to honor. And I'd look over at John, and I'd go, and he'd go, We, we, were, we honored the Holy Spirit. I don't see much of that. We honored the Holy Spirit that we were afraid to get in his way. Because we knew without us he won't, but without him we can't. <laughs> All of our ministry, I'm done. Almost. You should know You know you should change when you're in these services on the weekend, but your flesh is in control. You feel hopeless, impossible. You want to be a different person with God, and you're on a treadmill. You're always moving and going nowhere. 
Well, just as we are seeing spiritual darkness unveiled, let me turn this message positive and let me tell you this. We're seeing the kingdom unveiled too. Because we were made. I want you to say this. I was made for trouble. God didn't save you to make it easy. He saved you to be a light in the middle of trouble. He meant for you to bring calm in the middle of hectic. He meant for you to speak peace in the midst of the storm. That's what he called you to. You're going, I just need rest. Well, go to sleep for heaven's sake. Turn this off and go to bed. I mean, really? But you're meant for this. Well, it didn't go politically my way. It's okay. Who cares? The worse it gets, the better you're going to get. You've been waiting on a mission. But you're looking for a couch. You were made for mission, not bed. We'll sleep when we're dead. We'll rest when we get to heaven. But right now, man, there's souls that are going with hell without Jesus, and we don't have time for that. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be to God, who sometimes, when we have the formula down, and everything works good, and our favorite preacher's preaching, and they pray for us, and they prophesy over us, it, it, it works, we, we triumph. No, it says, thanks be to God, who always, always leads us to triumph in Christ. And through us, look at this, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge to in where? Every place. See, I believe that God is here today to break bondages off of you. I'm closing. But before I do, I want to talk about one more unveiling. Just one last one I want to mention. Y'all, it feels so good to almost die and be back. (laughs) Let me encourage you. I know some of you, I don't want to beat you up about not having a time in the Word and the prayer, but let me tell you what will help you. Get you a little Bible app and stick it by your bed and turn it on really low and let it play. Your conscience, you'll be sleeping. But your subconscious is going to be hearing the word all night long. Get your phone or your iPod or whatever you've got, your iPad. Hook it to your stereo system or your little portable speaker. Find you some good anointed worship. And let it play in your house day and night. One of the things Amber and I did differently in recent years that we've kind of, I have, repented of and I use technology as an excuse. We used to keep worship playing in our house all the time. And you would walk into that house and feel the sweetness of Jesus. If you listen to the word, get, I I remember when Kenny, I called him out last week, when God was transforming you, you loved Joyce Meyer. I don't know if you still listen to her. I love Joyce Meyer. I personally just like her. If you don't like her, just get over it. I just love her. Because she don't mess around. I mean, she just says it how it is. And if you don't like it, you can just be okay with it. My kind of girl. But she will teach you the depths of the scripture. She'll also teach you the word. And she stays in the word. And I love that. You need to be listening to some of that. You know, you got, let's redeem this guy. You've got this beautiful thing called podcasts. All of your favorite preachers have podcasts. 
Put it in your car instead of that junk you're listening to. And get the word and you hear some preaching. I don't want to. Taste it. I don't know why. I just don't want to pray. Because you're not hearing it. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hear it. Is that okay? One more unveiling. I can't wait for this one. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And, we, and that's not just a dead church, okay? The dead in Christ, physically dead, okay? Are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. I want to just remind you of this. Keep in mind that as you watch the trouble and the birth pains going on in the world, keep in mind it's leading us to something that's wonderful. When you watch the economy going down the toilet and fear and shortage and you listen to all that stuff all the time, keep in mind that these things are necessary to get us to that unveiling of his spirit of, of Jesus and the clouds of glory. Understand, we're going to something that's better. This tr- present trouble is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed when we see Jesus. Is anybody here? Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gracechurchnash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.